and there. Sorry, just trying to get oriented. But yeah, just fun, fun moments and to, to know that not everyone here has kids, but yet you're still invested in the kids here and the families is just, uh, again, part of what we value and love. Um, but just let me go ahead and say I'm glad that you are here. Um, whether you're here at the Hartman's property or you're, you're over Zoom, um, it's, a, it's a gift to be able to gather together. And, and I know that these weird times are, are not really changing and not getting any kind of different. And it, it, it is wearing over and over again. I hear conversations of people just kind of being tired of, of what kind of this demands. And I identify with that. And so I know that like kind of coming to these weird settings and kind of maybe joining in over Zoom, it's, it's a challenge. And yet to see uh, the heart and the, the desire and the understanding of the value of why God has given us to be the church, the family of God is just such a gift. And so glad that you're here. Um, if you don't know, I'm Heath Haynes. I'm one of our elders here at the bridge, and I am also part of our South Heights house church. Um, so, so love that. And, and, you know, as, as we were, um, as I was getting ready kind of for this, this gathering kind of, you know, seeking the Lord of just, you know, what do you have for us? Because the, these monthly gatherings that we do as a collective of house churches doesn't follow, you know, the, the teaching kind of rhythm. We're teaching through Mark. We take these to kind of address more immediate opportunities of, of, our, of our church and of the world around us and really to seek vision, to seek unity, and just to be built up and encouraged in the Lord. And as I was seeking the Lord, just, you know, there was this, this, this thing happening <laughs> around this kind of, distracting is demanding a lot of emotional attention you know that you know we we see that um there's a lot going on but i jumped ahead a little bit i was excited to get there there's a few other things golly i literally just jumped a whole page of notes because that's what i'm thinking about but sorry let me back up just for a second um let this also be said we also know golly i'm like literally like grinding the gears here um we want to let you know that we know that COVID cases are going up. And, and again, we're constantly, we want you to know that we're paying attention to that. We are seeking the Lord for discernment. We're, we're still committed to the same thing of, of trying to steward well what it is to be the church, but also to, to be wise and to care for our neighbors and to model well what it is to love neighbors. And so just know that we will continue to make decisions as we always have been in that regard. And, and if we need to make adjustments, we will. And, and so these monthly gatherings, we'll let you know if we're going to continue here at the Hartman's which, by the way, uh, th they had to leave this morning. But if you're here, you can see there's a vast swath of grass cut. J Jason did that for us. And so uh, make sure to thank him when you see him. Um, but uh, if we need to make changes, we'll let you know. And that will be communicated through our weekly emails or through your house church. House churches will continue to gather as they feel is best. So make sure to check in with your house church shepherds and they will let you know what you're doing. And let that be an invitation to you. If you're not a part of a house church, really that is a really important part of our, our life of faith and fellowship and growing in the Lord and being a witness of the gospel of Jesus to the world. And so we want to let that be an invitation to you as well to join in a house church. So if you know someone here that's in a house church, maybe there's your inroad. Just just jump in with the you know, just jump in with them, join in on their hip or elbow and and get in there if you need help you can you can let us know and we can help you get connected um and, and just one last thing uh, just a word about like the opportunity of these collective house church 
gatherings. Um, you know, one, as, as we pursue what it is to exist as a, a, a network of house churches, and we're doing that so that we can embody the, you know, embody the missionary heart of God, right? Because the, the, the people of God, the church, are meant to be in the world, engaging the world with the love of Jesus. And, the, and God, just as God sent Jesus to come to us into our need, us being gathered in house churches allows us to be just like the missionary God going to the world instead of asking them to be the missionaries to come to us. But at the same time, it also scatters us. It scatters us about our city. We've got house churches all over kind of the, the, the inner loop area. And, you know, we've got a few years of history and there's a lot of relationships that matter. So, so just one of the opportunities of these, collectives, of these collective gatherings is a relational one. One of the things I hear all the time is I just miss so-and-so. And, and even though it was for just a couple hours a week and the conversations were mostly just kind of how are you doing in catch up, those were still important moments and still important people that, that that little Sunday touch allowed space for. And so we know it's not every week, but still this allows time for that and just a chance to see those important people and to kind of reconnect. It also allows us to see the greater context of what God is doing in our midst, what he's doing through us, again, who we are, like to be encouraged that we're not alone. Like again, a house church is pretty small. Like Ours is about seven people strong. Our Montrose one is about 18 people strong. You know, it just depends on where you're at. There, there's different numbers, and that's meaningful, and it's great. But it's also helpful to remember, like, there is something beyond even that, a, a movement of God and his people. And so we want to – so, again, it's a relational opportunity in those regards as well. Um, but then also, this may sound kind of corny, but we want these to be kind of a pep rally, for, for those who are engaged in gospel mission, for those who are, are living the life as best as they know how, pursuing Jesus, which is full of, which is full of goodness, full of blessing, full of, full of receiving a lot of good things, but it also is one that calls you to count the cost. It's also one that, that dictates the priorities and values of your life and which calls you to, to, to work beyond work to give up your life beyond your family, beyond your job, right? And so we know that there's a cost to that. And then just the, the life of living counter to a culture, it can wear. And so we know that like we want this to be a place where you can come in, whether it's over Zoom for now or whether it's here, and, and be able to be encouraged, to be able to be strengthened, to be able to be reminded of the goodness of God, and not just to be uh, given that, but also to extend that. And, and so what we know here is that, that that's going to happen not just through like our, our typical kind of teaching song and prayer, but it's, it's much more of a, a communal, a family sharing environment. And so we're, so we're really, that's one of the hearts for this as well. And then lastly, kind of on a related note, um, is that I would just say it's our last opportunity in these is for all to come to the table, this place of fellowship, expectant for encountering God, and open to contributing to others encountering God. And, that, and that's one of our, our, our greatest opportunities here. Um, and, and I just want us to kind of take a moment to think about what could be in our fellowship. Again, we, God has been so good to us, and we have such an amazing community and such an amazingly rich um, kind of uh, environment of people that, that are sincere and that love the Lord, and there's room for people kind of of all kind of histories and walks and to, to come in and kind of have a place of safe relationship but also a place to encounter God and to be changed by him and to and to and to again experience the, the transforming work of the gospel and through his word by the power of the Holy Spirit and so just imagine what could be to have a space um, in our in our gathered liturgy right there's a plan when we come together 
but that there's space to hear from you, to, to hear what the Lord is doing in and around you. And can, can you imagine like what kind of worship gathering that would be? You talk about something that's compelling. You talk about something that's meaningful. We all struggle to kind of keep attached meaning when we just come in and sit and watch and then leave. But when we come in and we encounter real stories of, of, of life change, of people going from death to life, from, from, from being lost and seeking to encountering Jesus and being saved and to know that the people around you are a part of that or maybe you were and you get to share that. Man, what a compelling opportunity. And that's really our heart for these. That, that as we are right now, we would just kind of let that be our aim. It's something that God has, has, has equipped us for and called us to. And, and so to see that, uh, again, this would be a place where, where real things happen amongst one another by the power of Jesus. So my encouragement is simply this, is to ask, is to ask God to help all of us to shift our frame of mind for how we come into these shared spaces together that, that that you would come knowing that you are a part of the priesthood of believers truly a part of the family of god with stake in in each person and that you have an opportunity to not only experience god's goodness and grace but to minister it to others and so maybe just in your mind if it's a helpful metaphor to shift from neutral to drive right like come in find a place of rest just as you are but also a place of engagement and opportunity. So I hope that's helpful. I would like to stop and pray just for a moment and then uh, just to have a few moments of encouragement in the word. Um, so Lord, uh, we just want to surrender this time to you. Lord, we thank you that we can gather this morning. Um, we thank you for um, just your faithfulness, God. We thank you that each person here can come not just into this space as they are, but to you as we are, because that is how you welcome us. You don't require us to get cleaned up. You don't require us to change. You don't require us to behave a certain way before we approach the throne of grace. You invite us to the throne of grace and you say, I will do the work in you. I will make you acceptable. I will transform you into what I created you to be. To be holy as I'm holy as Christ has made you holy. To be, to be a people of compassion and grace and mercy and love. And so, Lord, I pray right now as we are gathered, I pray for that work by your spirit and your word to work in us. I pray for a work of unity. I pray for um, just a, a, a common bond, God, Lord, in Christ that leads to a great love for one another, a great love for our neighbors in this world, and, uh, and of course, ultimately, a great love for you and a desire for your glory, God. So we just surrender this time. Pray that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So back to what I skipped to, and I'll tell you part of the problem, and I was telling Denise this earlier, is I'm getting, I'm getting older, and I've realized that what I used to create these documents in that were readable are not as readable as they were, and my arm is not quite long enough. So that's part of it is I couldn't really see what was on my page. And um, so now I see it and just wish me luck today and maybe I'll go get some bifocals and that'll be fun. Um, so just to let you know. But so coming back, as I was praying about just, Lord, what do you have for us this week? What is the need? What do we need to address? Like we're, we're, we see, I was just bombarded with headline after headline pulling me in different directions, right? I mean, we've got, we've had a crazy kind of political environment. It kind of came, as, as best as we know, it came to a, a head yesterday and we've got, and we, and we made a call and like, there's a lot happening. And there's, a, there's like, there really isn't a middle ground. 
there's been kind of two there's just like these two sides that are just pulling at us and 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 i and you know it's interesting i assume that every era every generation that's ever existed has said this but i i can't help but but feel it as as well now that i think we are living in in an extremely difficult but as but also a pivotal cultural moment um in our world again without getting too specific um there seems to be a great need that we're facing a great cry for these great needs but also great division i mean just absolute division on actually how do we address these needs there's an air of, of non-disagreement where to disagree is to hate or is even considered to commit an act of violence and it's, it's, it's difficult and it's confusing. We're told that we live as a part here in America that we live as a part of, of a representative government, but it's often hard to find any true representation. And maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I, I think I'm not. You know, we have two main camps that vie for control and influence um, and, and there are those on both sides that feel that that things will be better if their side is in control right and so so for us as those who stand under the banner of jesus and again if that's not you today i want you to know you're welcome here and i pray that someone just joined hello welcome um that's great i i, I want you to know you're welcome and like and it is okay that maybe you're not there yet and i just want to invite you to consider the claims of christ the goodness of God and, and some of these truth, uh, these claims to truth that, that we're going to talk about today. But what are Christians, those who are under the banner of Christ, that have called on Christ to do? How should those who call him Lord and Savior live in the midst of this reality? So today my prayer is to encourage the church, to encourage us and call us to live out the way of Jesus by looking at two realities that we need to remember today. And we're going to do that uh, by looking at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. I want to start by reading Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And I understand that some of that just may sound like absolute kind of Greek to you or gibberish and funny. It was written in Greek originally, but but it may sound kind of like I don't even know what any of that means. So just kind of to focus on some of the key uh, key understandings here to help us without unpacking everything. The first reality we need to remember is this, is that if you are a Christ follower, you will never find another leader that fully represents you besides Jesus. As a Christ follower, you will never find another leader that fully represents you besides Jesus. So a representative, what are they meant to do? It's meant to represent your intentions and work on behalf of your good and your community's good, right? And so as Christians, as Christ followers, the core of our intentions and our deepest needs are found in the reality of fellowship with our holy creator, God. Jesus came to restore God's original intent of creation where he created the world good. He created, he created humanity good to live in fellowship with him, to be his holy, completely holy image bearers just as he is, and to, to multiply his glory across the earth. So in Christ, that is what he is doing is restoring that. And, and, it is, and the key to that is, is part of us is living uh, us living in the presence of God. 
And so when we think about that, we can enter the presence of God, which leads to our hope, peace, and purpose being clear because of Jesus. So earlier in Hebrews, Jesus is said to be our eternal high priest, and that's what this passage is describing. And to think about a high priest here in the time that this was written, it would be the people of Israel. They had, they had a sacrificial system that God had given so that they could commune with him because he's a holy God, and I can't break it all down, but a holy God cannot be in the presence of things that are not holy. So he, there had to be a way to make us holy before him so that we could have fellowship with him and there was a sacrificial system there was a temple the temple was the place that the presence of God dwelled it was the place where the sacrifices were made by the high priest on behalf of the people the high priest represented the people to God and they would do the work to make the sacrifices on their behalf before God so that the whole people could be presentable to a holy God. So the temple was the place where the fellowship with God happened, where the people had communion with God, right? And so we think about now we say Jesus is our high priest who gains us entrance. <coughs> we don't have to kill animals anymore. We don't have to go to one place anymore because Jesus shed his blood and he satisfied the righteous requirement. He satisfied the penalty and made us, made us worthy as we trust in him as our way of being made holy. And therefore, we live in an abiding reality of relationship with God. This is the promise. And so this is where we see that Jesus is our representative. He represents us to a holy God as righteous because in our faith in him, he makes us righteous. He makes us without stain. He makes us right before a holy God. So as God's image bearers, reclaimed and redeemed by Jesus, he is the only one that can truly represent our intentions and needs. In Christ, we are new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. Our wills, our desires, our understanding of ultimate purpose has been totally and utterly changed. The world is our home, but yet it does not totally fit. And there's an ultimate sense of Jesus representing our greatest need to God as our advocate of righteousness for our salvation, as we just said. And just a couple of passages to bring it home, 2 Corinthians 5.21, which we reference a lot. For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So again, Jesus is our ultimate representative that he presents us to God as holy through his life, death, sacrifice, and resurrection. But there's also the way in which Jesus represents our intentions and needs here on earth. Because, the pro because our process of being uh, made more like Jesus results in us growing in our Christ-likeness as we are restored as image bearers, it is not that Jesus tends to our intentions, it is that he defines our intentions. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So he is not only the gateway, he's not only the way that in which we are able to have fellowship with God, but he has also showed us the way of life, of living in fellowship and following God. And it's also, it's not that Jesus is our Santa Claus or our therapist with our needs, but rather as we have seen through the study of Mark, if you've been tracking with us, he takes care of our deepest needs, which redefines our understanding and opportunity of the temporal needs 
around us. Calling back to Philippians, which we studied earlier this year, Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, we see that Jesus represents our intentions and our deepest needs and changes how we experience all of our needs. Our, our, our wellness is no longer defined by circumstance. Circumstances matter, but yet, in God's grace and the work of Christ, we are sustained and we have an eternal hope. So this leads us to our second reality for today as we think about our deepest needs, and that is that there is no leader, system, power, or government that will ever lead to true renewal, restoration, redemption. I feel like I'm speaking in like the amplified sermon version, like we're just using a bunch of synonyms. But, you know, but let me just start over with that. There's no leader, system, power, or government that will ever lead to true renewal, restoration, or redemption except for the work of the gospel of Jesus for the entire world Hebrews 10 says let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and again as we said the temple is where the presence of God dwelled in the place where communion between God <coughs> and excuse me and his people occurred you know we have to understand that the temple is meant to be the model for God's way of life, his right creation system, the OS of the world. It has to be, our understanding has to be that there, that is God's desire is that there exists an uninterrupted relationship between a holy God and his creation and that all of creation lives in a flourishing reality of good like that's God's intent for creation that's what he created this world to be of course in our sin in our falling there was a brokenness and a shattering of that but yet we still his image still prevails in us his his promise of redemption is set in motion in that moment and he is restoring all things we need to remember that this is what the world needs above all this is what the world needs above all we also must remember that God is not just interested in the spiritual reality. He is also invested in our physical reality. So thus, we are to pursue ways of life that cultivate justice and nurture a humanity that reflects God's love and intent for it. So as I said earlier, it is evident that there is, there is a thought by many that if, if only their side can be in charge, things will get better. And scanning throughout history, it is easy to see that this never has been the case and it never will be. After all, if, if the nation of Israel, God's chosen set-apart people, could not accomplish this, no one ever will. Again, Jesus said, I came to deliver a better covenant. And so with that, again, this is not a call to pull away from civic in involvement. Not at all. It's, it's, quite, it's quite the contrary. What this is a call to is that through the church, through you and me, those who call, call on Christ, 
that God intends to bring the renewing, justice-seeking, mercy-dealing, compassion-extending, restorative work of Jesus to this world. Hebrews 10 continues in 23 through 25. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we see a way of life that leads to viral change and renewal what do i mean by viral it's like it it just it's an undercurrent it has a life of its own it happens with you know it just happens we can't control it it's through the church living out the way of jesus being the light that pierces the darkness the missionary that goes to the need and brings jesus with them and not just food bring food but bring jesus too It is through the church, through you and me, living with an unshakable hope and peace and being part of catalyzing a movement in your communities that aims at shalom. That word shalom is God's word for peace, but it's more than just lack of conflict. It is the word of completeness. It's the word of wholeness. It's the word of one that can be satisfied because they're satisfied, because it's real, because it's deep. It's as it should be. So it's not, the aim is not winning. It's not just to pursue, to, to, to like settle for a piece of what is good, which is I feel like what we're often forced to do if we depend on the systems of the world. But it is that we will see real and true and deep renewal and redemption. It is possible. Again, this is not a call to pull away. I appreciate how John Wesley put it. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. So as the Lord leads, as he shapes your heart, as he, as he wrenches your spirit and opens your eyes to see the world around you, take whatever action will lead to cultivating a way of life that, that points to Jesus, but it, while also doing it in a way that we are seeking God's heart for this creation. Again, do justice. Bring mercy. Be the agents that affect change in that way. So we see that we are to hold fast to hope, as we see here in Hebrews, and to stir each other up in love and good works. How do we live in that hope? How do we work in a way that testifies to God's abounding grace and love? The phrase is pretty popular here at the bridge is just to keep it Jesus. And that's it. it. It is only in Jesus that this can be a reality. Last week, we looked in Mark at the hemorrhaging woman who in a crowd of people snuck up to Jesus to hopefully get a hit and run healing. And we talked about how when you go to Jesus for help, you often get more, you will get more and give more than you bargain for. And that's a beautiful promise of the gospel. But I loved it as we talked about it in our house church. Carrie Hartman pointed out, she says, I don't want us to miss the great faith of the woman. Just the simple great faith. She didn't really have it all figured out. What she knew is she had the desperation and she knew that if she could just touch the garment of Jesus, 
that she could be healed. If she could just get to Jesus and touch his garment. I pray that we have that same heart-wrenching desperation. One, for our salvation. If, you're, if you have not come to that place yet, if you have, remembering remembering that moment when you surrendered, even if it was as a kid, that as that understanding of your life without Christ came into clear and clear understanding, that it would just stir in us and remember. But then also for the needs that face us every day, that he satisfies everything. So I pray that as a result of today and any of our time together, not just here, but in every week in our house churches and any other time you're together with a brother or sister in Christ, that we would only find ourselves having a great desire and sense of urgency to get to Jesus, to touch his garment. We've said this before, but this is the simple and yet profound opportunity for each of us. As we personally pursue Jesus, we get to usher each other into deep intimacy with God through the work of Jesus. That's why we gather together. You, if you've called on Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. You are part of God's plan, design, and he has equipped you for that purpose. You get to benefit from being together, but you also get to be a part of God's benefit for each other. This is also the exact same for engaging the world. We want to live such a way of life that every day through the words and deeds of our lives, The world has a chance to see, to taste, to feel, to smell the reality of the love of Christ and to get to him. So to close today, as those who find our representation in Jesus and know that he is our only hope for renewal and restoration, we want to pursue just getting to touch the garment of Jesus. To do that, Travis and Libby are going to lead us in a time of prayer now to posture our hearts rightly in our lives toward the purpose of the gospel of Jesus. So please, right now, shift your posture if you have not already. Over Zoom, please know that you are not passive in this. You have a place. Engage as the Lord leads you, just as you are here in our midst because you are in our midst. And shift your posture to a posture of engagement. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that we would help Usher each other in to the glorious and loving presence of our God. Travis, Libby. Morning, everybody. Um, as he said, we want to kind of have a time of prayer. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and um, talk through um, a, 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 a scripture uh, from Isaiah 11 to kind of get us kicked off. Um, if you're here, um, here at the Hartman's place, if we would invite y'all um, to come and pray, and we'll have these microphones up here behind us um, to come up and pray. Um, if you're on Zoom, um, we invite y'all to um, comment in the comment section saying that you would like to pray, and then you can un- unmute yourself and pray um, um, when, when there's an opening. Uh, but let me go ahead and read through this, uh, read through the first part of the scripture of Isaiah 11, um, and then I'll pray to get us kicked off. And then um, after, after some time and we've had some opportunities to pray, Libby will close us out. <coughs> so Isaiah 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might 
the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt 